So tomorrow is Memorial Day, a day of remembrance, day of remembrance. Raise your hand if you served in the military. Raise your hand if you have a family member, a close family member who served in the military. Raise your hand if you have a family member who is in the military, serving now. Yeah. Would somebody, would, would, let's name the folks that are, that currently, uh, that we have currently in the armed services from Westminster. Gordon, would you? Yeah, William Johnson, Buck Elliott, and Nathan Belote, all sons of this congregation. And uh, we, we think about them often as they, as they put their lives in harm's way when they need to for the ideals of this country. And Memorial Day, a day of remembrance, is really was first put in place to remember the dead, those who had given their lives in service of the ideals of the country. It was, came out of, the, out of the Civil War originally, but then, of course, was made to, be, to cover all of the wars and, and actions of, of our country. And I, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a military family, and so I didn't necessarily think about Memorial Day too much. I think about it more now. I think there's something about age and about the fact that when most of us sign a contract, right, like, yeah, we could go, they could take our house if we don't pay it off. We could, they could take the car if we don't pay off that contract. I mean, you know, the contract that we sign when we get married, we could get divorced. I mean, and, and, there are, and those are not, and none of those are good outcomes. But when you sign that document that says, I'm giving my life to the military, to the armed services on behalf of the United States of America, it's, it's not signed in blood, but that's what you're doing. You're, you're putting your life on that line. That's not a small, a small thing. And I wanted to just lift that up this morning because the ideals of this country are high and lofty. They're beautiful. They really are. Liberty and freedom and that, and that each person is equal to another. I mean, we know that those original documents weren't perfect in any way, shape, or form. We know that this union is not perfect. As I think it was Lincoln who said, you know, we, we want to move toward a more perfect union. <laughs> I think we're always seeking, or at least I hope that we're always seeking to move to a, a more perfect union. And, and I will say that this year I've, I've wondered sometimes with the things that have happened, especially just in the past few weeks with mass shootings, what those who have given their lives for our country would think about how we're serving those ideals right now. How are we thinking about how are we working on a governmental level, on a, on a personal level, on a corporate level, to think about how we care for people in this country, how we seek to prevent things like mass shootings from happening 
And there's lots of controversy about that. People who don't want any restrictions on their, what they consider their right to gun ownership will point immediately to, well, anybody who kills that many people has mental problems. Well, okay, I can go there, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be also considering what other things we can do, one, to help people with, who have mental problems. Mental health care in this country is abysmal. If you've ever had to engage that system, and I have, and I, and I do help other people engage it, it's horrible. Finding help is really difficult. And so imagine if you don't have the means to find help, even harder. We live in echo chambers. It's really easy to find people who, who think and believe like you do. And so if your mentality is a little bit, is a little bit negative and twisted, boy, you can find a lot of people out there who will amplify that for you and, and, and encourage you in it. And, and this is not, and here's not toward violence, though this would be toward violence toward, toward their own person. There, at one time it was revealed that there was an entire section of social media that was basically encouraging young girls to be bulimic. If you don't know what bulimia is, you may want to look into it. It'll, it will turn your stomach. But there was a whole section of, of things where, where girls were being encouraged to make themselves sick, the, to follow some ideal. Right? What are we doing to help folks have a different conception of themselves mentally, physically, to see what we would say as people of faith that because what do, what do we believe about each individual person? What at our core in terms of what, what our faith says about each individual person? What does God say about each individual person? They are a beloved what? Child of God. Worthy of honor, worthy of dignity, worthy of opportunity. And so this weekend, I've just really been wondering about those who've given their lives for these ideals and, and what they would say to us now. Especially those who have been trained to use violence in the service of this country and have had to use it to kill others, to stop an enemy. Right? What, what would they have to say about that I just I, I don't know what they would have to say and I, maybe I would disagree with them. I'm okay with that. I'd rather have a I'd rather have a dialogue. And so I began to wonder about this passage as well and, and maybe its relationship. One of the most powerful statements and, and you know somebody will throw this away just because of who said it, but one of the most powerful statements that came out after the shooting in Texas, Uvalde, Texas, twenty people dead, I think now was Steve Kerr, the, a professional basketball player and then now basketball coach. And, and if you don't know anything about Steve, Steve Kerr, he's, he's always been a very thoughtful person. And it was after the shoot-around warm-up before the game, and he came and he sat and he said, we're not going to talk about basketball. This, we're going to play this basketball game, and we're going to root for our team. We're going to do all that. But I'm tired of sitting up here and offering condolences to families in these kind of situations. When are we going to do something? And then he named some facts. 
At least according to him, and, and I, I, tried, I tried to do some research, and I think he's right, about 90% of Americans believe in some common sense gun reform. 90%. And then he said, and 50 senators are holding hostage legislation that has already been passed in the House that would put in place what we would call common sense. Now, I grew up a gun owner. I grew up hunting. I still own some shotguns because I like to shoot skeet. There's full disclosure for you. But he says 50 senators are holding the country, 90% of the people in this country, hostage because of what? And I I think he's right. And I'm going to relate it to the gospel, to the passage here in just a minute. Because of what? He said, power. They want to hold on to power, and they believe that that is a way that they can do it. Hmm. In this passage, you may not have noticed it. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm, I'm going away. I'm, I'm going, well, actually, he's not there yet. He's, he's, he's talking about, you know, what has happened, and he's been raised from the dead, and, they, and the disciples say, Lord, is this the time when you're going to basically reestablish the kingdom of Israel? What are they asking? What are they asking? Right, is he going to overthrow Rome, right? So it's a political statement, right? But the behind that, behind that is... What are the 12 disciples thinking? We're going to be leaders in this. We're going to have political power in this. We've never had it before. We're going to be at his right hand. I remember the disciples, I mean, human beings just like us, like they, they fought over, they, t- they had conversations over who was going to be at the right and the left hand of Jesus. And, 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 and even in one case, one's mother was saying, you need to ask him about this, right? You know, we even have mom in there helping us along a little bit because mom wants good things for her boys. And they were all boys at that point. So, but it was about, well, what, what power, Jesus, are we going to get because you're the Messiah and we, and this is a, we know this is going to be a political thing, so, and we, we, that's what we believe. The kingdom that's coming is an earthly kingdom and we want to be in power. And Jesus says, you're going to get it. The power of the Holy Spirit. Not political power. He didn't say that. I said that. He said, the power, I'm, I'm leaving, and you're going to receive, way here, you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure they were like, what is he talking about? The transition from, so Luke and Acts are written by the same author, we believe. They're, they're, the literary style is very similar, the language, all that, we believe it's the same. You know, as I wrote before to you, Theophilus, da 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 Luke. An Acts ought to be read as a one- and two-act play. The first one is about Jesus in the world with the disciples and his teachings and all of that. Bodily, physically in the world. He comes, second member of the Trinity comes, enfleshed, he lives, he teaches, he's crucified, he's raised, and then he, he ascends. And then the Holy Spirit comes, and the book of Acts is all about the body of Christ in the world 
through the church, animated by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you will do greater things than these. You'll do greater things than what I have done. I'm going to be with you always through the Holy Spirit. You're going to do greater things than these. And what did that early church do? What did they do? They doubled down on taking care of widows and feeding the hungry. They doubled down on reaching out to people that weren't like them. Very soon after this, you know, they, the 3,000 were converted on Pentecost. We're going to hear about that next week. But then they began to expand into other people, to the Gentiles, to people who didn't look like them, who, didn't, who weren't of the same culture as them. They began to expand beyond what they probably originally thought or even what the Jewish people thought was supposed to happen with the kingdom and the reign of God. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit did. And what did we use it for later? We've used it to create fences around races, around belief systems. And we keep, in the denominational system, we keep making those fences smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller to protect our power. And I think when we do that, because most of the fights in Christianity right now are, are inner family fights. We're fighting, we're fighting about stuff, inner family stuff. And let me tell you what, a lot of the culture that isn't Christian doesn't give a hoot. I feel like the church left the building a long time ago. And not to go out and serve. They went out to have conflict with one another and to, and to argue with one another. To seek worldly power. And so our politicians get caught up in that, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about it. He was, you know, the actor who became the governor of California. He was asked about it after he wasn't reelected. And he said, I get it now. He said, every day when you're the governor of California, you're making decisions that are going to change lives every single day every decision that you're making and he said it is the best drug I've ever imagined no wonder people want to hold on to it to be at the seat of power and to be able to be in in those conversations and do those things and what happens for us as 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 people who understand the nature of human beings and the nature of what we, our theology tells us, the nature of sin, is that we want to hold on to that for ourselves. So where am I going with all this? The church and people like you and me can no longer stand and look up at where Jesus went and wonder when he's going to come back. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He is with us now. And yes, we believe, we believe and we long for that day when, when Jesus comes and sets everything right. And maybe that day is today. Lord Jesus, come. Because we're broken and we need that wholeness and that healing. But until that day, we've been given the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our communities, to work in our schools, to work in our systems, to seek to right them, 
to seek to care for people, to find ways that make sense to stop senseless things from continuing to happen in larger and larger numbers and in more and more clusters. Somehow, we've got to wake up in this country to the fact that this flywheel that's been turning on mass shootings is turning faster and faster and faster, and we better stop it. Just this week, there was a conversation going on on Facebook where someone said, I'm afraid that this person who's having this conversation is going to come to our church and shoot us up. I don't want to live like that. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in all of us, in our collective action. And I don't know exactly what's right. I'm trying to figure it out just like you. But children, old people, as Steve Kerr said, these are our, these are our aunts and uncles, these are our grandmas and grandpas, these are our children, these are our nieces and nephews that are being slaughtered senselessly. We may not be able to stop all of them, but we can stop a lot of them. Did you know that the, the next country with the, with, with the number of mass shootings, the next closest country to us, has eight? You know how many we've had this year? 212. We've been given the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's not continue to stand here and look up and wonder when Jesus is going to return and do something. We've been given the power of the Holy Spirit. And let us double down on love for one another. Let's double down on love for people who don't agree with us so that we can have, begin to have those hard conversations to begin to forge a way forward, to honor also the sacrifice of those who we remember this weekend, who gave themselves for these ideals of this country, but also to honor the sacrifice that Jesus made to give us a new life. Let us feast at the table of grace and be emboldened to serve God with all that we are and all that we have for the good of all people. Let us be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Amen.